Hello, I'm Kenza, and this is the Finding Space podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Finding Space podcast. This week, I talked to LA-based cinematographer and skateboard photographer, Kevin Horn. Kevin has worked with big brands such as Target, Levi's, and Fiat, to name but a few. But he's also a prolific skateboarding photographer with his own self-published magazine called Anomaly. In this week's episode, we talk about how Kevin got into the visual arts. We touch on his career, but we focus on his passion for skateboard photography and what he thinks it takes to become a good skateboard photographer. Enjoy! Yeah, I got into photography in high school. I think I was probably 14 or 15. Um... Uh, I had a camera passed down to me um, from my grandparents, and I think that started the initial interest. And then from there, um, I kind of found it through skateboarding too, uh, growing up reading skateboarding magazines and just constantly looking at stunning imagery. Um, I think that was a, a huge part of it too and a huge influence for me. Um, and I took my first photography class in high school and had a really great professor, uh, not professor, but teacher, um, who really guided me and inspired me and um, pushed me to kind of dig further into it. Um, and it's always just been there. Um, I'm a cinematographer by profession, um, but photography is and cinematography go very hand in hand. And it's always been a way for me to make imagery when I'm not working on set. And it's just been a way for me to document my life, my friends and my family and just something I've always been interested in. Photography, is, is it more of an escape for you? Obviously, you're not doing it as much sort of professionally. Is that something that you really use as a tool to just get away? Yeah, I would say photography is definitely an escape. Um, it's a way for me to make things um, in my spare time that are just purely personal. Uh, I've never actually really taken on any kind of commercial photography work. Um, I've, I've been hired for photography maybe twice and it was to shoot um, album artwork for like my friends bands and stuff like that um, but I've never promoted myself as a photographer really it's always something that I've done and been interested in and always loved but I do it just purely for me and I think that enables it to be a stress-free release outside of my other job making images um, and it's a way for me to just um, create images on my own that I don't have to listen to somebody else. I don't have to have a team to make them. And it's just something that's always been purely for me. When you were growing up and, and sort of photography and skateboarding were two things that were growing sort of, you know, you were growing quite connected to what point did you move towards cinematography? Was that because of skateboarding or was that because of an interest somewhere else sort of talk us through that transition yeah well i think i probably got a video camera before i ever got a stills camera so i think video was like probably the first influence that was i think video may have come first i think it was probably the same year i got a video camera that i got the photo camera um but i think i was video came first for me um and so growing up making skateboarding films um, eventually just grew into you start small and you start really DIY and it's very guerrilla um, but eventually you want to get more refined and more professional and after I graduated high school I went to film school and 
that turned into shooting feature films and then into commercials. Um, and photography was always something that was there that I could do kind of on the side uh, in between jobs. And it's a way for me to practice without needing a bunch of money. When it became sort of a an income as well, did you find it difficult to keep that same passion and mindset towards the work? Yeah, I think I think the older I get, and this is something that I feel like I struggle with, and I, I talk with my peers and friends about this often, is sometimes I wish that I still had the, the, the same fire and energy that I had when I was, say, 16 or 18, when, before I knew too much. Um, and I was just young and naive, running around with a camera and making whatever I wanted to make and whatever I was inspired to make at the time. And it was purely, it felt original to me. And then, especially with the advent of social media and just seeing and having more access to work and seeing what everybody else is doing, I feel like sometimes it's hard to retain just your own pure thought sometimes. And so sometimes I miss when I would make things just because I wanted to make them and I wasn't influenced by any outside filmmakers or I wasn't influenced by maybe who was seeing my output or an audience or anything like that. And sometimes I miss making work when there's no money attached to it and I don't have to please a client or a studio or whatever it may be. Um, But I think that that the energy and the excitement is still there. Like once I'm actually on set making something, I still feel the same way as when I was 16 cruising around town with a, you know, handy cam or whatever. I think that still will always be there. But um, sometimes the excitement is not as great. It, it's such a different world working, going around with friends, making little films, skating to making a big commercial for Levi's or Fiat or, you know, I think those are two of the clients you worked with, you know, that that the fundamentals, as you say, I guess, are similar, you know, right. in terms of that core energy. But you, you your approach must be so different. Yeah, it just all becomes so diluted at a, at a certain point and a certain level and you lose some um, authorship and you lose some of that voice a little bit. But that's why it's a job and it still allows me the, the room and the freedom to make things on my own on the outside, um, which is what I will always do. And even if I'm on a feature film for three months, when I'm as soon as I'm done, all I'm thinking about is I can't wait to make more skate films with my friends. I can't wait to go out and shoot photos with my friends and do something that's purely personal. So while I may be doing those things as a job, I still have the same excitement and desire to go and make independent stuff on my own. Do you think that that personal work really helps, even if it has nothing to do with it in terms of subject matter or even the way you're doing it, that personal work really helps your professional work in terms of keeping that energy? Yeah, I think without the personal work, um, the personal work satisfies like the inner artist in me and it really satisfies all of the reasons why I got into this industry in general. And I think if I wasn't making things that I felt passionate about on the outside, then my professional work would really suffer because the balance would be off. Um, the professional work satisfies a paycheck. It also makes me really sharp in other ways that I might not be looking into, like on my own personal work. Like when I'm making a personal film or a skate film, 
I think differently than I would if I was shooting a Target commercial. And those skills are very valuable and those can also influence my own personal work. So I think just being well-rounded is, is important and it's, that's why it's important to make art when you're also making commercial work. Um, just to stay well-rounded and sharp and, I don't know, challenge yourself in different ways. Do you, do you think your creativity and and maybe when you're feeling very creative or or not being able to get out and create um do you think that does affect your sort of mindset and well-being yeah and i i go through that several times a year and i sometimes i struggle with it and um those are good reminders of times to just take a pause and not try to force anything um i think it's okay to not be inspired and it's okay to maybe just not be feeling it for a while. It's not a full-time, being creative doesn't have to be full-time. You can, and you also can be creative without creating, um, which I think people need to think more about sometimes. And sometimes you can just experience other people's work when you're not being inspired. And I think that's a good thing to do, or even revisit your own work and study, okay, I was inspired when I made this piece and maybe try to figure out why, or how I was inspired and why I was inspired. So. Sometimes I go back and look at my own work, even if it's like really bad or if it's really old and just pick apart little details and try to find things that might inspire new ideas. Um, but mostly I try to consume new, new art or art that's new to me and whether it's music, photography, films, or even just like hanging out with people. Like that can really inspire a lot too. What do you think it is about skateboarding you know, a lot of other sports obviously do have a rich history in creativity and photography and film, but skateboarding kind of really pioneers that side of it. They really do seem to go hand in hand. You know, what do you think it is about that, that world that really encourages it? Yeah, well, I think from the start of it, skateboarders are and this maybe this is just my perspective. Um, skateboarders, myself included, are always looking for something that's visually interesting to skate. Like we like to skate things that look different, that something that maybe we've never skated before. So we're always looking for something that looks different or looks new to us um, or looks fun. So right there, you're already setting up, setting yourself up for interesting imagery just by the setting alone. So the setting alone always is is typically uh, somewhat interesting because we've chosen to skate it. Um, and then there's so many different ways of photographing skateboarding that can really show the energy um, of and like the rawness of what skateboarding looks and feels like. Um, but I think there's there's been a visual language that was established decades ago by early skateboarding photographers that kind of like pioneered the way that we photograph skateboarding. Um, and, and so there's a, a lot of thanks to that for people who have been inspiring photographers since the 80s um, and just shaping the way that we look at and approach um, the visuals of skateboarding. What is it that draws you to sports photography then? Yeah, I guess specifically skateboarding photography, and that's kind of the only sport that I photograph. Um, it is the energy. It's um, it's stuff that I grew up 
just consuming and I, I, I think I grew up looking at it so much that I wanted to just make it myself. Um, and I constantly am looking at independent skateboarding magazines, even bigger magazines like Thrasher. I look at that stuff often. So I consume it so much that I just, all I want to do is also make it. Um, so part of it is in, is in just growing up with so much of it that it's always been something that I've loved. So I want to make it myself. And I was just going to say, I also, uh, I enjoy documentary photography and I consider skateboarding photography to also be mostly documentary. Um, it's a documentation of a place and a time that was important to me, important enough to make photographs of it. Um, and I like to look back at my images from 10 years ago and see how I did things, how we looked, how a place and time looked. And part of it is just documenting the culture. Do you think because you skate as well, that brings a different approach to your photography shooting it? I mean, it, do you have photographers that work in the skate world that don't skate? Uh, I, can't, I don't think so. I don't think there's any skate photographers out there being published who don't skate. I think everybody who's in the skate world who's contributed to magazines or just even made their own independent skateboarding images, I don't think those people have never skated. Um, they might not skate as much, but it's, I think you, you kind of need to be a part of the culture to contribute to it. I don't think you can just be an outsider and come in one day and like photograph a session. Um, you can do that, but I don't think those images are going to hold up and I don't think people will care about them. I think you really need to be a part of a culture. And I think this is outside of even just skateboarding itself. Um, I don't think you can plant yourself into a culture for a day, photograph it and document it, and then leave, and then anyone's going to care. Those That work isn't going to be very strong if you don't have a passion for it in, in the first place. So I think it helps to be a skateboarder um, because there's also kind of a visual language that has been established in skateboarding photography. So you kind of need to understand some fundamentals of how skateboarding has been captured and photographed for decades if you want to make your own um, images yourself you need to know the history and the, of the culture a little bit you know if if i just dropped in and started photographing skateboarding i wouldn't have that knowledge that you obviously have about when which shot to choose even out of when the skateboarder is in that moment and and there must be a just real understanding of that language. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's some like unwritten rules about, you know, timing, like when you time a photograph uh, in skateboarding. There's also just unwritten rules about which side of the body you photograph because skateboarders turn a lot in while they're doing something. And you want to capture, depending on the trick and what they're doing, you want to capture them from a certain way. And that's obviously, it's... Um, it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's kind of a guide to go on because you can, you can break the rules and make something beautiful. But I think there are kind of these set standards that have been in place for decades and you kind of need to know a little bit of those rules before you go and make your own images. I mean, everyone's free to do whatever they want, but you might not make great images if you don't know a little bit about the history and the culture a little bit first. What's it like as a photographer being in that 
environment where a skater is trying so hard to get that moment for themselves but also for the photographer for that image or that film you know what's it like being part of that process when you could be spending like a couple of days trying to get that image or you know is that quite an stress stressful environment is it quite enjoyable you know what what's that like i i've been through that so many times in the 20 years that I've been skateboarding and I've, I've been through it myself too. I've, I've been on the other end of it where I've been trying something for hours, um, or days and it just doesn't come. But you, I think skateboarders always trust and believe like if this person cares enough and they, they want it badly enough, we'll eventually get this. So you just like, can't give up. And I think as a skateboarder, and this is something that has taught me a lot about the real world. If I really truly want something, you can't give up you just have to keep going even if it hurts even if you're angry like you just have to keep pushing and so I understand that about skateboarding so it makes me able to have patience when I'm photographing or I'm filming a skateboarder who's maybe we're on our fourth trip to this place to try this thing and it's just not working but eventually one of them will go and then it happens and then all that work pays off you have an image that you're proud of because you stuck it out. Um, I think it just makes you appreciate photography. It makes you appreciate skateboarding. It makes you appreciate teamwork and friendship. And there's so many little lessons that come out of those that you're not even thinking about when you're in the moment. But once it's all over, it's it's it really does teach you a lot about just life in general too. How does creativity, content, and and the work photographers and filmmakers do have an impact on sport itself? So I think it comes down to, um, in skateboarding, um, whether you're a a photographer or a filmmaker, a lot of people have the good, the good photographers and the good filmmakers in skateboarding have a voice and a vision that's recognizable. Um, which I think this differs a little bit from other sports because in a lot of other, um, worlds, you you kind of have to remove your voice in commercial spaces um, to appease maybe a brand or to appease some project um, or a newspaper or whatever outlet you're working for. Um, You have some voice in those spaces, but I think you largely lose a lot of that. Um, But in skateboarding, it's encouraged to have your own voice in all spaces. So some of the greatest skate filmmakers and skate photographers have really defined themselves in a certain way that makes people want to work with them more or it makes a brand want to work with them more because they have a specific look and style Um, and even skateboarders like to choose their photographer sometimes when they go out like if they're going out to shoot a magazine cover or to shoot an article for a magazine they might choose a photographer based on their style and based on what they're trying to achieve. So then do skaters have a really strong opinion on what photographers that they choose, especially when you get to the the higher end, you know, the, the really sort of the top skaters, do they really have a few photographers they work with? Yeah, they think that's definitely true. And you can see, um, if you look through magazines of the past and you look through certain skate photographers have photo books, um, one of my favorite skate photographers, his name is Mike Playback, and he, he's, some of his most iconic work is with like the same three or four skaters for almost 30 years. 
and you can see them grow together over time and you can see how they have a relationship between the skater and the, and the photographer. And I think this is something I touched on earlier is it really becomes um, a team effort when you're trying to make an image. And I think there's mm. so much camaraderie that comes with that, um, that grows over time that I think people do have preference. Um, I think it, it might be kind of odd if a random skater on the West Coast who'd never met a photographer on the East Coast decided that they wanted to work together on one random thing. That might happen, but I think a lot of this is based on years and years of friendship and teamwork and camaraderie, and it doesn't just happen in one day. It, it takes a long time to, to grow those relationships. I think the friendship really comes through in those sort of portraits when you you see those different works and and you can see that friendship with the the subject and the photographer yeah there's a level of comfort that comes uh once you have been working together for so long i think people just open up and relax around photographers if they know them well and there's um just this level of trust and it's something that i'm constantly working on because I've only been in Los Angeles for a year, so everybody that I've met here is still relatively new to me being the photographer in the group. And so it takes time to build some of that trust and comfort with people. Eventually you get there and it's great and then you can just feel free to document all the time or whenever you feel necessary. But sometimes, you know, in the first year I lived in a new place, it was tough to point my camera at people and feel comfortable documenting just casual moments because some of that has to be built and you have to work for a long time to get that level of comfort and trust and that's why I think it, it does you do need to be part of the culture to photograph it or to photograph it well because you have to have that trust and that built-in understanding of we understand each other we know each other and I think once you're in that world for long enough that trust is there and your photographs ultimately will be better if you have trust in people if you trust them if they trust you and if you feel comfortable with them correct me if i'm wrong but skateboarding is quite a vulnerable sport in many ways yeah it is extremely vulnerable and you know everybody handles it differently too um i have friends who can perform under pressure and you could have a whole crowd of people watching them and they'll be totally fine and then i'll have another friend i'll go out and photograph with and if a passerby stops and starts watching, then they freak out. And then it's like, we have to ask them to, to move along basically. And so there is, it's different for everybody. And that's why I think it takes time and trust and it takes sometimes years of friendship just to get to a certain level of comfort. Um, but I also think it's a good way of weeding out people who don't care about it like you have to really put in the time in the within the culture to be able to photograph it well um and i think that that goes for anything in general like you have to put in the time and you have to care and you have to show up and you have to be open and you have to wait and you have to listen and just be be a good friend too and there's so much that goes into a single photograph that people who don't skate or who have never photographed skateboarding probably are not realizing. You know, you get the one image that people might see over and over again, but you don't realize how many times that image was tried to, you, you tried to make that image and it didn't work, or 
you had just problems during the shoot that you're not seeing. So there's like all of these things that go into making one thing and it, it doesn't just come easy. Some days it does for sure, but sometimes it could take years to get make a photograph or make the right photograph. Do you think the sort of, that maybe the process that you go through shooting film also lends to your sort of enjoyment of sort of documenting it and really enjoying the story that it does slow it down? So, you know, with digital, it's very quick. You, you get a thousand photos, you can edit them very quickly, you can put them up and they're gone in some way. Like obviously, you can look at them again, but when you really, you're really part of either skateboarding yourself or you're taking a photo for someone else, you know, you're really part of that whole story. So then rushing it would almost be a crime, you know? Yeah. Actually, like being part of it. Right. and slowing it down must really help you connect with it still after the event slowing it down is a really good way of putting it and i think i'm always i feel like i'm always trying to slow everything down when when i photograph even if it's not skateboarding maybe it's a, a moment in my house and i see my girlfriend doing something that i just want to remember uh, i always rush to grab my camera and then figure out how do i stop this moment because really what it is is we're all trying we're just trying to stop a moment and kind of live in that for just a little bit longer than we normally would feel. And so I, I do think that slowing things down is, is a good way of putting it. And I'm always trying to just live in this moment as long as possible. I think that's definitely part of it. Um, and with skateboarding, it happens so quickly that you wanna slow it down as much as possible so you can really pull as much info from it as you can. Um, and having been documenting and photographing it for so long over the years there are things that I, I I'm always looking for how do I tell the whole story maybe I don't have to show the whole story to somebody but how do I document the whole story for me so sometimes I'll be working hard just to photograph the trick but then I'm always trying to remember shoot a portrait of this person after they've tried this for hours and I, I like to photograph people after they have landed it even if they haven't landed it but they've been trying something for maybe this is the fourth day we've been to this place and they're exhausted and they're tired and they're angry how do you tell that side of the story too about the struggle and, and the hard work and so you know I have all these images cataloged of people on the ground just like kind of they look defeated or they look like they've given up or they look hopeful or they're celebrating after they land it. Maybe I don't publish those photos, maybe those don't go anywhere, but they're always there and I have the full story of what was this day like and what was the struggle that we went through to get some of these images? And how do I really slow down a moment in time and, and have all of the details? Because if you only have the, the trick, you have thousands of images of just the trick being tried, then you lose the whole context of what was this day like? What were we going through? What was the time like? And you lose some of the, the context of the story. Sort of bringing it to the sort of current last few months, you have, well, we've all been in this sort of strange situation um, with the pandemic and and lockdown. And, and there's obviously a, a lot of things going on in the world. But um, it's affected a lot of people's mental health and and I imagine creative flows, but you, you've kind of taken an interesting flip on it. You know, a lot of people have taken on new sort of 
maybe photography ideas and projects and things like that but you've actually opened up a photo lab for the last few months yeah it's um it's something that i've always considered doing there was a time i think it was back in 2014 or 2015 when i was you know i i processed my own film i've been doing that for about six years now and i've always had this idea of you know when work is slow for me and I just can't seem to book a gig, you know, what I should just process and scan film for people. It's I'm doing it anyway. I enjoy doing it. And it's just a service that people need. Um, especially now because during uh, the start of COVID, um, a, lot, a lot of film labs are closing around the country. And so yeah. people were like going to Instagram, like where do I get my film developed? How, you know, I have, all of these rolls of film that have been sitting here and I've been wanting to, to get them developed and then now everything is shut down. What do I do? So I just, yeah, as of April 1st, I started processing film and processing and scanning film for people. And how's that process been? You know, obviously you do do it for yourself, but you know, what, what's it been like having sort of going through that process every day of, of developing film? And is that something you, you just quite enjoy doing? Yeah, I would say the first month was probably the most enjoyable. Um, you know, I always do it, but I always do it for myself. So then once you start doing it for other people and you do it all day, every day, it starts to lose a little bit of its charm. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it, I, this was born out of necessity for me. Um, I was out of work. My whole industry is more or less shut down for the time being. Um, and unemployment was extremely hard for me to get. So the unemployment process was taking so long, I had to figure out a way of how do I make some income in the meantime until I can get unemployment. And that was just a wild idea I had one day. And I was like, well, I'll see if anybody bites. Maybe I'll get like two or three friends who want me to do it and that'll be something. And then it turned into I was doing 50 rolls a week. Um, wow. And that is a lot of time, it's a lot of work. And I actually just recently kind of made a post saying like, I'm done as of this week. You know, I'll take on special case projects here and there. I'll, you know, if you really need this urgently, I can do it for you. But um, I finally got unemployment. So I'm like trying to get people to patronize all the labs that have been closed now that they're reopening and... That's amazing. Yeah. What What's it been like? Um just sort of handling other people's work it has actually it's been pretty inspiring um i feel like especially with social media i'm constantly looking at it's kind of an echo chamber so i'm i'm always looking at things that i like and things that i would normally shoot it's a lot of skateboarding it's a lot of personal documentary photography of friends that i know but to get random strangers film from all across the country um, maybe some of it's 10 years old and I'm scanning people's archives for them. It's a good way for me to see, it's an outlet to see other work. It's an outlet to see other perspectives and lifestyles. And sometimes it's just a nice peek into it, a stranger's life. Um, and there have been a couple of customers of mine that I've written personal notes to, like thanking them for, you know, trust a trusting me with their film and B like letting me see a little glimpse into their life, people that I've never met before or spoken to. And, you know, you scan pictures of people's friends and family and 
you start to feel like you know them a little bit. Do you think it had an impact on you sort of in terms of your mental health, just having something to really get your teeth into and focus on and forget about the the lack of work and the uncertainty? Uh, 100%. I think it definitely made me a a happier person for a while. Um, I was more outgoing. I was more hopeful because I had something to wake up for every day. Like it gave me, you know, I've been a freelance cinematographer for 10 years and there's not a ton of structure in that type of day-to-day life. You have to really make it for yourself. And so for the first time kind of ever, I have like a structured life and a structured day. Like I know like when I wake up, I'm going to be processing and scanning film for the next eight to 10 hours. And I don't have to worry about sitting around trying to stay busy with something and, you know, worrying about the problems of the world. I mean, I still worry about those things, but the creating my own little film lab and like giving myself a job really helped give myself structure, which contributed positively to my mental health. Um, I wasn't just sitting around thinking all day about, you know, how much things suck right now. It was just kind of giving, it was giving me an outlet and it was giving me uh, a reason to get up and to be excited about something. Thank you for listening. If you would like to see the portraits from this week's episode, please go to findingspace.cc. For more interviews like this, please subscribe to the Finding Space podcast.